Good evening, Family Church. Hope you're all well. What beautiful weather we've had. Hasn't it been fantastic? Well, Sunday night live, Sunday night local, here we are again. Yeah. Can't believe the time is going so quickly, hey? Sandy's giving me the thumbs up there. We're on the air. Good stuff. So, let's kick off tonight. So, over the last few weeks, we've been looking at the series on building the house. And I hope it's been as much of a blessing to you as it has to us. Because I've really felt that this has just been such a timely word to bring, to encourage us. And we've looked at the subjects of Christ at the Centre. Uh, think about that, you know. That, 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 that the apostles and prophets are the, are the foundation but Christ Jesus himself, that, that chief cornerstone, the one, the one whom we model our lives onto. He's, he's the blueprint that we model our lives onto. We've looked at, at Christ at the center of our lives, at the center of, of rebuilding our lives and building the church. We've, we've looked at dealing with opposition. Last week, Sandy looked, looked at that. Um, we've looked at beauty from ashes. We've, we've looked at uh, having a mind to work. Um, we've looked at all these things. The topic of, of building. And tonight I want to conclude as the final one in the series tonight. Um, next week we're going on to a brand new series and it's going to be it's going to be fantastic. But for tonight I want to conclude this one um, with the following thought: taking ground and maintaining it. Taking ground. You see, I think we've we've laid the foundation, we, we know how to build our lives across the center, but now there's one thing remaining, just one thing remaining. Go and do it. Go and do it. We need to get out there and do it. I was reading my Bible the other day, and in Romans 4, it talks about the faith of Abraham. And towards the back end of Romans 4, as it's about to go into 5, it concludes with these thoughts. And, and, and the Apostle Paul says that, that this faith that Abraham had would, would be imputed to us also, who, who believe in God, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. And I thought, what an incredible, powerful statement. So much said in so few words. Who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. Tonight I want to talk about taking new ground. I want to talk about getting up off our rusty dusties, off our blessed assurances, and taking new ground, going out. You know, church, Jesus held nothing back for us. He held absolutely nothing back for us. Nothing back. And, and that's what I want to inspire us tonight. You know what? In a few short weeks, six weeks, seven weeks, that sort of period, we're going to be able to, to gather together again. And, and as wonderful it has, as it has been with all the pros and cons, but you know, it's been wonderful not to have to get up early and, and go and set up in the morning. And, and, but, but I hope you haven't got complacent. I hope you haven't got complacent, church, because you know what? If you're feeling tired now, if you're feeling dejected perhaps you you've been through stuff perhaps perhaps this this lockdown has has knocked you perhaps you, you you've suffered disappointment you maybe you've been offended by somebody maybe you feel you've just got nothing left to give i want to encourage you tonight tonight i want to encourage you dig again dig deeper let's give it everything i tell you why jesus held nothing back for you and i he gave all that there was possible to give. You can't give more than your life crucified on a cross. That's what God did for us. So tonight I want to be looking at 
taking ground, about getting up again and moving forward. Life, if nothing more, is about growth. It's about growing. I saw the, the, this tweet from, from Rick Godwin, who, who's an awesome preacher from, uh, from the States. This man has been around for many, many years ministering. A uh, very straight talker. And he, he tweeted this tonight, which I thought, thank you, Rick. That's just for me. And he said this little quote. The pursuit of getting better, because if we're going to take ground, we're going to have to grow. And so the pursuit of getting better is a lifelong commitment to being honest with yourself, making tiny adjustments, and celebrating small wins along the way. And that's what so much of it is about. So tonight, we're going to look at what do we need to do to, to take new ground. Now, like I was saying, advancing and growing are, are, are the basics of life. We are born as little babies. Our mothers need to feed us and wipe our noses and teach us to walk. And, and the rest of life is, is a period of growing and learning to, to take care of ourselves, to, to come to adulthood and, and, and to help others. So life is about growing, it's about advancing. And Sandy reminded me of this, this old joke. Do you remember the, that, that, that Chinese whisper, that original Chinese whisper? Uh, it was about those guys in the, in the trenches in the First World War. And they were about to advance in on the enemy. And so they sent, they sent word to, to, the, to the guys in the back lines. And they said, send reinforcements. We're going to advance. Do you know this story? All the old timers, well, Sandy did. And, uh, sorry. And, uh, and so, so they're in the trenches and they're about to advance. And, 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 and all their comrades join them from back. And they're, they're all in their, 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 their penguin suits and their dicky bows. That's how they dressed in those days when they went to a dance, you know. And the guys in the trenches said, what are you doing? And they said, we, we, we heard that you said, bring three and four pence, we're going to a dance. And they said, no, we said, bring reinforcements, we're going to advance. So there's my joke for the night. Okay, I know that's why I don't do jokes. Okay, that's out of the way. We can settle down now and move on. Okay, cool, cool. So church, one of the things that we've been trying to do over the last few weeks is... Although we're talking about building the house, and obviously we're talking corporately that the church is, is the house that really we're building, but we, we, we want to take it personally. We want to make it personal to, to ourselves. What do we do? Because what I don't want is for us to listen to this and say, so-and-so should have been listening to this, and they should be doing that. No, this is for you, and it's for me. What should I be doing? What should you be doing? So, so let's make this personal. You see, Peter says in 1 Peter 2.5, you all know it by now, you're going to quote it back to me. You also, brethren, as living stones, are being built together a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. What a fantastic picture. Paul says a similar, similar thing in Ephesians 2.22. He says, you've been built into a, a holy dwelling place of the Lord. What a beautiful thought. What a fantastic thought, isn't it? So it's about us being together, being brought together, as, but as individuals, each member of the part, learning to play our part, being, being prepared so that we can come together and make the whole body work properly as it's meant to. Now, obviously, so we, we will understand we, we're talking about the responsibility on us as the living stones within the, the, the bigger structure of, of the church. And we're talking about taking ground, and taking ground is about growing. Now in Ephesians 4, 
The Apostle Paul uh, expounds on the ministry gifts, the fivefold ministry, and he says in verse 13 that, that the, um, the fivefold gifts are for the equipping and the edifying, the building up, the edifying of the body. He says in verse 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, no longer being children tossed to and fro, but verse 15, but speaking the truth in love that we may grow up, that we may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Now, whether you've been walking with the Lord for, for a long time or whether you're new on your journey with God, I think we can all see right there that we have all got a lot of growing to do because the, the, we are aiming for that mark of perfection, to be conformed to the stature of the fullness of Christ. What does Romans 8, 29 say? Come on, you know this now. You were predestined according to God's foreknowledge to be conformed to the image of His dear Son, Jesus Christ. That is why you and I are still on this earth as his children, but that's why we're still down here, to be conformed to, um, to, to Jesus' image so that we can be trusted with what Jesus was trusted with, anointed as he was anointed. That's what it's about, church. He held nothing back, nothing back. We've got to get this in us. God's will is that the kingdom should advance. God wants his kingdom to advance. The Bible says that, that God is not willing that, that any should perish, but that all men should be saved and come to the knowledge of him. That's not going to happen if we are sitting on our, on our rusty dusties in our prayer closet. We need to pray. We need to get into our prayer closet. But we don't stay there. We have got to get up. We've got to move forward. We've got to co-labor with him and build and advance the kingdom of God. And so he desires that we allow him that we allow him. You know, Jesus turned to Peter that night when Peter said, Lord, I'll, I'll, I won't, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll follow you to death. And Jesus said, you'll deny me three times. How many times do we deny Jesus his right to build us, to stretch us beyond where we're comfortable? Or we pull back in fear and we deny him his right. Remember, he is our Lord. He's not just our savior. He is Lord. He is our God. And we often deny him his right. But no condemnation for those on Christ Jesus. We all miss the mark from time to time. But this is his desire. This is his de desire that we should expand, that we should grow our influence in, 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 our, in our Jerusalem, in our Samaria, in all of our world. So we're going to start off with a scripture from, guess where? Isaiah 54 verse 2. You knew it already, didn't you? You were there. Isaiah 54 2. I'll give you a couple of seconds to get there. Isaiah 54.2, reading from the New King James. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Strengthen your stakes, church. Lengthen your cords. Don't spare. Don't hold back. Give everything you have got. Mm -hmm. Let God stretch you out. You know what? And I really felt this at the beginning, and I just want to say it again now. If you feel that you are, you've come to an end of yourself, you've given all that you have to give, you are tired, I really want to encourage you. 
This is not the time to pull back. Your breakthrough is coming. It is darkest before the dawn. Keep pushing. Give that last But Jesus didn't hold anything back. The only way we fail is if we quit. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't pull back. Don't pull back. Give everything you've got. Strengthen, strengthen your stakes. Lengthen your cords. Don't Spare, child of God, for you shall expand to the right and to the left. Your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. This isn't just about you and I. We are blessed to be a blessing. This is about those that we are passing on the baton to, those that we are that are to follow after us. There is somebody waiting on the other side of your faithfulness, child of God. Don't hold back and do not fear, verse 4. For you will not be ashamed, neither be a disgrace, for you will not be put to shame. For you will forget the shame of your youth. You will not remember the reproach of your widowhood. Do you remember last week or the week before, Samuel was speaking about beauty from ashes. And she was saying how God doesn't just wipe away our past. Our past is our past. But what he does, he replaces it with a good future. And that future comes in. Sometimes like a great big rock in areas. Other areas, it, it can just feel like sand through, through an hourglass. that just ever so slowly just fills up. But I tell you what, church, it fills up and it displaces the pain from the old. It displaces those, those painful memories and it replaces them with God's promises and God's commitment to you. So church, let's be building. Let's be enlarging. Let, let's, be, uh, let's be willing Let's be willing to allow God to stretch us. Now, expansion talks of the future. Expansion. God is going to expand you to the left and to the right. Do you remember that old prayer that the God prayed? Oh, Lord, bless us for and no more. No, we're not those kind of people. We are not that kind of a church. We is not just about us. I remember our pastor always used to say to us, would your community know if your church shut its doors? It's not about us. The church exists for the people that don't belong to it. That is why we are there. So, not about bless us for and no more, but about expanding, getting outside the walls of the, of the church. God desires expansion. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. He's not willing that any should perish. He wants all men to be saved. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. It's always advancing. There's got to be a time of intentional preparation though. To enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch forth. It talks about there's a degree here of, of preparation. I like the, the message paraphrase of the Bible says in, in Isaiah 54. It says, um, clear lots of space for your tents. Clear lots of space for your tents. Enlarge the place of your tent. Clear lots of space for your tent. Do you know, that, 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 I like that. I like it. To clear lots of space for your tent means there's going to be a degree of faith in this. There's, a, there's preparation for, for what's to come. And, the, and there's a degree of faith in it. You're going to have to go out and make room. Make room for what God is going to do. You're going to have to step out in faith. But, be, but it's going to be intentional. It's not just going to happen. We're not just going to morph into this. We have to be intentional. But you know what? Days of preparation are never wasted. That's right. Days of preparation are never wasted, church. But and, because unless we plant the seed... 
we aren't going to get the harvest. There are seasons in life and we need to understand the season that we live in. This is not a time to pull back. This is the time to advance. Whether you're tired or whether you are rested, this is the time for us to take ownership, to take ownership for our lives as a, as a response to what Jesus has done for us. It's this first, it's this relationship between you and your Savior, first of all, the one who gave everything for you. So now he calls us to go and possess the land. Go out there and inherit what I have really laid aside for you. Because he has. He has laid things aside for you. Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. You know, by grace you have been saved through faith. That not of yourself is a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For, verse 10 says, For you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he's prepared in advance for you to walk in. God has good works for you. He's prepared things for you. You and I need to go in and, and, and possess what he has for us. But, but with everything, there are always obstacles. And we'll just look at a few of those tonight. The obstacles to going in and taking what he has. Now, in Joshua, Old Testament, Joshua, Moses has died. Chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. And God speaks to Joshua and he says, Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, to the land I am giving them. To the land I'm giving them. And he says in verse 3, Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I have given to you. Past tense, I have given to you. He says, but go and possess this land that I am giving to them. But every place that the sole of your foot treads upon, I have already given to you. What does it mean? It means that we have got to take a step of faith. When they crossed that Jordan, they had to step into that, into that river and the river dried up. And they were able to cross over on dry land. They, they had to take steps of faith. And everywhere that they put their foot, God gave them. But they had to take the step first. And faith works like that. You don't wait to feel the goosebumps and then you go. You don't wait to feel the courage and then you go. No, you go and then God meets with you as you step into it. As you go ahead with it. It takes a bit of faith. But the greatest challenge to that is that we don't see ourselves the right way. We need to change our glasses, get some, get better focus. It's all about identity. You see, in the case of, of Israel, they had been in the wilderness for, sorry, I just need some water. They had been in the wilderness for 40 years doing a journey that should have taken them 11 days. Sorry. Should have taken them 11 days. Because when God brought them out of Egypt, He brought them over the, over the Red Sea, performed this incredible miracle. I mean, opened up the Red Sea and they walked through on dry land. He brought them into, into the wilderness and then he said to them, okay, I'm taking you into this land of milk and honey, just like I promised Abraham, your father. I'm fulfilling my covenant promise to him. I'm going to do this. Now, you can go into the land of Canaan, go and spy it out, and you'll know what to, to prepare for. And we all know the story that all of them, apart from Joshua and Caleb, the rest of them returned with this, with this bad report. And they said, Indeed, it is a land flowing with milk and honey. There's grapes the size of that that takes men, two men to carry. It is everything God said. But, but, 
there's obstacles in that land that we can't overcome. There are giants. The people there are like giants. We are like grasshoppers in their sight. And so we are in our sight. Identity problem. They saw themselves as grasshoppers. Not one of those people of that entire generation, including Moses, not one of them, passed into the promised land. That 11-day journey turned into another lap around the mountain until I, until I can get the, the Egypt out of you, until I can get that slave mindset out of you, that grasshopper mentality out of you. And you know what? God will send us around and around the mountain until he can get that grasshopper mentality out of us. We've got to change our identity. Just like Jacob, who wrestled with God and said, I am Jacob, deceiver, supplanter. And God said, okay, now you're talking the truth. And, he, and remember, he put out his, his hip and he said, you'll be called Israel, friend with God. But we've got to do that. We have got to recognize who we are and what's in us and allow God to change us, accept who he's called us to be. Abraham, you're Abraham. You're not Abraham, but you're Abraham, a father of many nations. So you, you child of God, go into all the world, Matthew 28 says. Make disciples and preach the Gospels and I will be with you always, Jesus promises. There is a promised land for you to go in and possess. There's people that, that God has waiting on the other side of, of your obedience, of your faithfulness. You are not a mistake. There, there is something unique about you that, that, that is not just your fingerprint, but it's, but it's who you are. It's the circumstances you were, were raised through. It's what you've been through. It's the way that you perceive life that, and, 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 and the way that you understand your salvation, that you, that you are going to be able to connect with somebody else out there who's waiting to hear it from you. They won't hear it from me. They won't, they won't be able to relate to me. But you, they will relate to. And they are waiting for you. You must go. You must go and share your testimony. You mustn't hold back. We can't, this isn't a time to pull back. So you are who God says you are. He says that you're a child of God. He says you are an ambassador for Christ to, to reconcile men back to him. So identity can hold us back when we don't recognize who we are. What about trying to go forwards? but always looking backwards, always looking in the rearview mirror. Interesting that a motor vehicle has a great big wooden screen in front and little rearview mirrors, small rearview mirrors to look what's behind, but a big windscreen to look what's ahead. We've got to be looking through that big windscreen, what's ahead of us, forgetting those things that are behind. Now and again, we need to check them, make sure we're staying safe, we're staying on the right path. But keep looking forward, keep looking forward. Philippians 3.12, come on, what does the Apostle Paul say? Philippians 3.12. Now my Bible, there's a heading there that says pressing towards the goal. That's what we're talking about, pressing towards the goal, taking ground. The Apostle Paul says, not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Forgetting those things which are behind displaces and replaces 
with the good and the promises that he has for you, the purpose that he has for your life. You are no longer that, that wretched old sinner saved by grace. Listen to Pastor Andy a couple of weeks ago in Talking Church. Brilliant, brilliant message. Uh, it was this week, the week before. You, 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 you are not a sinner saved by grace. Either you're a sinner or you are saved by grace, but you can't be both. If you're saved by grace, you're a saint. Bible says you're a saint. Not, not a halo performing little miracles. That's, that's, that's a religious thing. That's not what the Bible calls a saint. A saint is one who's being sanctified, set apart for, for holy purpose. Set apart in the process of being sanctified, of, of growing in the things of God. So you've got to see yourself as God sees you. Forget the failures. Forget the disappointments. We've got to put them behind us. Honestly, if, there, if there's one thing that holds us up, it's our inability to get over the past. You know, failure, and we might as well just move straight on to this. Failure is, is, is one of those things that's almost inevitable in life. The, you, you know the saying, the only person that never failed is the person that never tried, right? If you, the person never failed, it's probably because they never tried anything new. But if you're going to try something new, you, mm, chances are you're going to make a mistake from time to time. We all do. Everybody does. To err is human, isn't it? We all make mistakes. But you know what? Failure is not fatal with God. Romans 8, chapter 1. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation from God. This is what the Apostle Paul is trying to say. For God is not going to condemn you. The Proverbs, Proverbs, uh, I wrote it down, Proverbs 24. The righteous man will fall seven times, but he will rise again. So don't rejoice over me, my enemy, when I fall, because I'm not down. I might be down, but I'm not out. I'm getting back up again. And you know what, church? I believe that the, the, the secret to, to, to coming through strong, to finishing strong, is that we need to learn to get up and dust ourselves off and get straight back on with it. There's no time to sit around licking our wounds and feeling sorry for ourselves just because we messed up. You're not the Messiah. You're not Jesus. Forget it. Just get over yourself. Forgive yourself. The minute, the second you say, Jesus, forgive me. 1 John 1 9 says that if I confess my sins, you're faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. He does it. That's what he said he would do. Why would you forgive yourself? Get over it. Get over yourself. Forgive yourself. Move on. There's nothing you can do about it. Just move on. Now, if you need to make restitution or you need to, to, to apologize or something, that's fine. Just do that. But get on. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Accept God's forgiveness and move on. Don't allow these things to hold you back because, church, there isn't time. There isn't time left. We need to be up and working for the kingdom, advancing the kingdom of God. I remember that old uh, uh, charismatic Pentecostal saying, when you hit a setback, don't take a step back because God's planning your comeback. Yeah? When you take a setback, don't take a step back because God's planning your comeback. Come on, of course he is. God is for you. He's not against you. He knows you're going to blow it from time to time. But you know what? Come on. Rather be a wet water walker than a, than a dry boat, Christian. Get out the boat. Try it. You'll make a few mistakes, but do it. And if you're feeling tired, just, just come on. Just, just, just get down there. Just, just dig something up. Let's just go again. Give it what you've got. Give it what you've got, church. 
So things, the obstacles to, to fulfilling God's call on our lives, to, to, to going again. Unbelief. Unbelief. You know, the just shall live by his faith. Over and over, Habakkuk, Romans, Galatians, Hebrews, repeats the same scripture. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And unbelief has got to be one of those things that really prevents us from stepping out and, and, and doing something new to try and take new ground. But don't allow it. Do not allow it. You know what? Actually, two things. First thought, I just want to take, I just want to take a, side, a bit of a sidetrack, if that's okay. Our faith, I think there's two things that, that, that we have to offer to God. Two things. The only two things we've got is our faith and, and, and to love Him. That's, only, that's all we've got to give God. Our faith, our trust. We can choose to trust God and that honors Him and we can choose to love Him. But of course, to love Him, we, we can only love Him as much as we trust Him. You can't love somebody you don't trust. And, and, and you can only step out in faith as much as you trust. So I just wanted to say this. From time to time, we'll see people, if you're in church for a little while, if you're, if, if you're walking and walking for the Lord for a while, you will see people who are perhaps stepping out and doing things that are a little bit crazy, that are perhaps, you might think foolish, you might think they're, they're just presumptuous. Never, ever knock somebody else's faith. I think it's one of the most precious things we can have. It's one of the most difficult, not difficult, but most costly, costly ingredients that we get. You see, because so often to, 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 to obtain that faith, we've had to walk with God and we've had to go through, through times of testing and trial because, you know, faith isn't faith until it's tested. You don't know what you believe until it's tested. And, and, you know, God is the only one that knows the end from the beginning. We just know he, he promises us that the end is better than the beginning. The end of a matter is better than the beginning. That Jesus will, will never leave us nor forsake us. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. But we don't know what that end looks like. And so we tell God, okay, by Friday the money will be in the bank, won't it? Lord, thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Of course, Saturday, we're still waiting and we're changing our prayer slightly. And the following Saturday and the following Saturday, you know. God always comes through, but he does it in his timing and his way. And he tries, and, and he's very gentle, but he does have to remind us from time to time that kind of he's God and he's good at it and we are not. <laughs> and he's going to do it his way. And we can just trust in him. Trust in him. Know what his word says. Know what his principles are. Know what his ways are. And trust him. Give it to him. Get a word from him. When, you know, when church is the last time that you did something for the first time, When's the last time you did something for the first time? When, when, when did you last step out in faith and, and trust God? No, 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 I'm not talking about being silly and doing something crazy. You, you know, you, you're not run or bonky. Don't go out and try and save Africa on the first day. But, but what has God called you to do? What's, the, what's witnessing on the inside of you? Has God, is there something on the side that you know you need to do and you're not doing it? Why not? Why, why aren't you doing it? Is it, is it other people around you that you, you need others to, to, to assist you, what have you? Work it out. Pray about it. Get, get counsel. You know, seek God about it. Get earnest about it. But don't shrink back. Don't hold back, child of God. Be willing to step out. And if you have to, just do it afraid. Do it afraid. God will meet you on the other side of your fear. He will meet you. He won't let you fail. What does Psalm 84 say? He said, blessed is the man whose heart is set on pilgrimage, who's set on that new journey. So do what you need to do. 
and I think we're, we're more or less running out of time now. So I just want to say that whether you're entering into new, into new territory and, and God's calling you to, 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 to take, to go into, to beyond your immediacy, the, the immediacy of your Jerusalem out to Samaria and to the further parts of the world, or, or whether, whether what you need to do is, is within your comfort zone, do it all to the glory of God. Do it all to the glory of God. Freely you have received. Freely give. Walk, walk worthy of the calling with which you've been called. Give it all back to Jesus. You know what? He gave. He gave absolutely everything for you and me. He gave everything. You can't give more than laying down your life. And that is what he did for us. So I want to encourage you today, church. Be giving everything back to God. Isaiah 54, enlarge the place of your tent. Go out there and cut the lawn. Make space for new tents. Go and prepare. Step out in faith. Make room. Make place. Let them stretch out the curtain of your dwellings. Don't spare. Lengthen your cords, church. Strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and the left. Your descendants, those that are coming on behind you, those that are on the other side of your faithfulness and obedience shall go and inherit the nations. Listen, we are not going to be waiting at the rapture bus stop for the Jesus for Jesus to return. We are going to be found busy when he returns. We're going to die with our boots on. We're going to go home with our boots on serving Jesus till the end. Amen. Guys, it's been an honor. Thank you for allowing me into your homes today. I pray you have a, a blessed week. Have a good week. Seeking God's will for your life. Looking at those signposts of his faithfulness in your life. Remembering all that he's done for you. And allow him to, to gird up the loins of your faith. That you will go forward with him. And, 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 and give till there's nothing left to give. God bless you guys. Have a fantastic week.